Hey everyone, this is Andrew Hetzel, and you're listening to Bag Rats. You can find us on Instagram at Bag Rats Podcast. On today's episode, I spoke with Josh Payton, founder of the Veteran Golfers Association. The VGA is a nonprofit organization that hosts more than 250 local tournaments for thousands of members across the country, culminating in a national championship. Josh founded the VGA after recovering from an injury sustained on one of his tours in Iraq. Josh is the epitome of a patriot. He's completely selfless and has built an organization that does so much good for a group of people that truly deserve it. I enjoyed our conversation and hope you will too. Remember to rate and subscribe if you like the show and share it with your friends. Here's Josh Payton on Bag Rats. Welcome to Bag Rats, Josh. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, super excited to hear your story. And, you know, maybe if you could just give a high-level overview about what the VGA is for those who aren't familiar with uh, what you guys are doing. Yeah, so uh, the Veteran Golfers Association, uh, our mission is to enrich uh, the lives of veterans and their family members through the sportsmanship and camaraderie of golf. Uh, and we accomplish that mission each year by hosting about 450 golf tournaments nationwide uh, to over 9,000 VGA members. Um, and that culminates in a national championship uh, each fall. VGA members, they, they go to our website, vgagolf.org. They sign up. That gives them access to the golf tournaments that they can participate in uh, throughout the year, uh, what we call the VGA Tour. So uh, the VGA Tour lasts typically from September 1st all the way through August 30th. Uh, each year we have uh, state championships that happen in July. And then we have four regional championships that happen in August each year. And then we take 20 of those players um, advance to our national championship each fall, which is typically September or October timeframe. But our, our membership rates are $40 a year. So we keep them pretty low comparatively to other amateur uh, golf leagues that are out there. And uh, we charge uh, $13.75 for uh, registering for each of our events. And we try to keep the greens fees um, between $35 and $55 on average uh, for our events. And so when you sign up for an event, you pay the golf course when you get there on the day of the tournament. So uh, in a nutshell, that's what we do uh, at the VGA. That's awesome. Uh, Josh, can you get into a little bit more of the specifics in terms of the VGA tour and what the format is? Is it match play, stroke play? Are there handicaps? How does it work? And obviously you said going from each state and then, you know, culminating in the championship of the tour every year in, in the fall. The VGA, the way that we have it broken down uh, is we have five divisions. So we have a, a veteran male division. We have a veteran female division. We have a combat wounded division, which is only for Purple Heart recipients. Uh, we have a family member division, uh, which is for uh, any family members that have, uh, you know, served. So grandfather, uncle, brother, sister, mom, dad, if any of those have served in the United States um, Armed Forces, and then you're eligible to compete in the VGA in our family division. Uh, and then if you're 50 years and older, you can compete in our senior division and each one of those divisions, we break up into flights according to your skill level. So the VGA has its own internal handicap index 
based off the same model and algorithms of the USGA's GIN uh, service. For example, the A flight for um, our veteran men's uh, division is zero to 4.9 handicap. The B flight is five to uh, 9.9 handicap. The C flight uh, is 10 to 14.9 handicap. And then our D flight is a net flight. The only net flights are our lower flights, our lower end flights. And that's for those that have uh, handicaps of 15 and over. Uh, if you compete in at least three VGA events, then your VGA handicap is then established. Then you're eligible to go out and win tournaments and things of that nature. But until you've established that handicap, we kind of we kind of pair you off of um, your GIN handicap, but you, you're not eligible to win your flight or for that tournament until you have an established VGA handicap index. And it's all stroke play. So uh, it's all stroke, gross play. Like I said, um, we, we have a couple of um, flights uh, that, you know, that are lower flights or D flights that are, um, that are net flights. But for the most part, it's all stroke play. And we try to keep it as competitive as, as we possibly can. That's the one, the, the one thing that separates us from a lot of the veteran service organizations in this space is the only thing that we do is competitive golf for veterans and their family members. And uh, so we don't do like lessons. We don't give away free golf clubs or anything like that. All VGA members do get a 30% discount uh, to Cleveland Strixon, uh, which is a, a membership benefit of being in the v VGA. But uh, it is strictly individual uh, stroke play competitions for the most part. How many members do you guys have and how is that typically distributed um, by flight. Now I'd imagine, right, you know, more people in general who play golf are, are mid handicappers. So probably like in that uh, B to C flights or, or I would think are, are bigger or, or maybe even D, right? People getting involved in golf, um, you know, later in, in life. So just curious what that looks like. Currently we have over 9,000 VGA members nationwide and, and, that, and that grows by about 2,000 members a year. But the hot spots, like I was telling you, like uh, the Sand Hills in North Carolina, which is basically between Raleigh, uh, Pinehurst, and Charlotte, um, there's a lot of VGA members. Uh, so, uh, you know, same thing with uh, the Green Bay, Wisconsin area, and um, the Phoenix, Arizona area, and uh, the Dallas, Texas area, and uh, the Orlando, Florida area, those are pretty big the, actually. And, and also, um, the Washington DC area, the Virginia, uh, Maryland, um, tri-state area there. Um, but there, there's some hot spots where you have a lot of VJ members. And so it, it's, it's normal to see you know, all of those tournaments max out between 80 and a hundred participants. And so then you're looking, you know, I would say, you know, between 10 and 15 players per flight um, is, is what you're looking at. And on the female side of the house, it's a little less sparse. Uh, we have about 400 uh, VGA female members. So it's a little sparse on the competition side there, but uh like I said, it really depends on um, what region of the country you're in, whether or not you, you're you playing against four or five players or you're um, playing against, you know, 10 or 15 players. So. And now are these typically just one day tournaments or, or weekend tournaments? Yeah. So they're typically on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, sometimes Fridays and Mondays, depending on when, you know, the, the, the state directors can get 
the golf tournaments set up. Um, you know, I, I do want to uh, mention that we have about 130 state and assistant state directors and they're all volunteers. They spend about 40 hours a week putting together golf tournaments for VGA members nationwide. And they work really hard and take, take a lot of pride in, in what they do. So, yeah, so we couldn't do what we do without them. And when they set these tournaments up, it's only an 18 hole competition for the most part. Uh, sometimes it's tee times, sometimes it's shotguns. It really depends on, you know, what the, what the golf course dictates uh, to those leaders. Uh, but we try to stick at the 18 hole tournament level. There's, there's a couple of tournaments every now and then that'll, that'll be 36 holes, but they're more special two man tournaments. Uh, I would say maybe two or three of those nationwide um, happen, but for the most part, it's individual uh, 18 hole matches, um, stroke play matches. So. That's definitely a, a sizable operation there. And I'd love to ask you about just going way back, your your kind of path to the VGA. So, you know, if you don't mind, could you start way back growing up, maybe when you first got interested in golf and kind of what led you to founding the VGA and, and you know, obviously seeing where you guys are now, it's quite impressive uh, and, and would love to learn more about the roots. Yeah, well, I, I grew up, I was a son of an Air Force officer, so we kind of moved around everywhere, and I was always into sports and athletics, so I, I played baseball and basketball and football, and my dad uh, loved golf. He loved Jack Nicklaus, so uh, at an early age, I had golf clubs in my hand and kind of got teased at it, you know, at school about playing golf, but uh, that was a, it was a good uh, bonding experience for my father and I. Uh, my dad was a single parent, so he worked a lot and it was basically myself and my brother and my dad. And so whenever I did get opportunities to spend time with my dad, he would want to do it on the golf course, which was, which was great for me. So I, I grew up playing golf at, a, at, a, at an early age. I, I lettered in golf in the seventh grade um, for my high school, which I, I wasn't even in wow. high school at that time. Uh, just because I would say that in, in our area, uh, I grew up in Sumter, South Carolina, uh, Shaw Air Force Base. And so in, in our area, there just wasn't that many people that were interested in golf. And so um, I never really went past ninth grade with my golfing career, if you want to call that. At that point, I, I was playing really high level baseball and, um, and basketball. And so kind of put golf on the back burner. When I went into the army, every now and then you you catch a scramble here and there, but we were in a different time, like after 9-11, you know, we were deployed. I did three deployments to Iraq and most of that was with the 82nd Airborne Division out of uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so that was a different time than what my dad kind of went through uh, in his military career where they, they could spend mostly peacetime other than uh, Desert Storm. Desert Shield uh, in 91. I mean, it was mostly his career was peacetime where the majority of my career was was all wartime. Uh, and so it's a, a little more serious at that point. So I got injured in 2011 in northern Iraq uh, in a vehicle rollover incident and I almost lost my right hand. And so uh, I was medevaced uh, from Iraq to Walter Reed in Washington, D.C., uh, where I spent two years there kind of going through uh, several hand surgeries uh, to save my hand from amputation and uh, ended up connecting with a group of guys that were using golf as kind of a recovery 
platform. I mean, fell in love with the game again, fell in love with these guys and girls that were, um, you know, struggling because they were wounded in combat injured, um, some catastrophically uh, missing limbs and, you know, legs and arms and, uh, but they were out there competing and, and having fun on the golf course. And so that was pretty impactful for me. In 2013, I got a chance to play for the Wounded Warrior Ryder Cup team, which was um, which was awesome. Uh, we spent they had 12 uh, combat wounded vets from the United States. We went over to Royal Lytham St. Anne's, represented the United States against uh, 12 combat wounded vets from uh, the United Kingdom. Man, Royal Lytham St. Anne's was was just breathtaking. It's, you know, the history and all the, the Ryder Cups that have been hosted there and the, the British Opens. And it was just it was just an incredible experience. We, we got our butts kicked pretty bad by the Brits. I, I, I remember playing. There's this one guy. Um, I had, you know, this one arm uh, guy that beat me up and down the, the golf course. And I was questioning his handicap, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> intently. But, uh, man, the experience was incredible and the friendships and the camaraderie was incredible. And so um, I was coming up on retirement. I got into grad school at Georgetown, uh, got my master's. And, and I was like, man, what, you know, I'm coming up on retirement from the military. Uh, I just had this incredible experience over in England. You know, I love golf. I love how it's impacting uh, veterans. And, and so a couple of my buddies, uh, Aaron Ojard and uh, Joe Cayley, Aaron is, uh, is a Navy uh, lieutenant and a nurse, and uh, Joe Cayley, a ranger sniper, uh, but he's also a, a, a captain, uh, an infantry officer as well. And so um, we got together and um, put this organization together and took money from my deployment savings and pumped it into something that I believed in. And six years later, here we are. It's one of the things I'm most proud of in my entire life. I know that we're impacting a bunch of veterans across the country through the game of golf, which we all love, you know, you love it enough that you've created a podcast from it. And this game is, is pretty special. Goes to show how selfless you guys are doing that first of all, and then in your case, coming back and, and giving more, right. You know, and, and fusing that with something that, that you love and love to do. Um, what does it mean to you personally to be, um, firstly an, an army ranger and then, you know, just part of the armed services, you know, being an Army Ranger is, is one of the things I'm most proud of my entire life. You know, I'm sure you'll hear some people say that having a Ranger tab is different from being an actual Army Ranger that served in regiment. I didn't serve in the Ranger regiment, uh, but uh, getting through um, Army Ranger school was one of the toughest things that, that I'd ever done in my entire life. So I, I wear the Ranger uh, tab with honor and uh, with pride. So for me, um, being able to um, utilize the things that I learned in, in Ranger school as an infantry officer in the 82nd Airborne Division, it helped me save my soldiers' lives in combat where really where the rubber meets the road. So being an Army Ranger is super important to me. And, um, and I know it is for every person that has either earned a ranger tab or has served in a ranger regiment. It's a source of an immense amount of pride. But I also think that it also sets you up for future success where you don't take no for an answer. You work as hard as you can. You try to accomplish a mission. Uh, and then, you know, we, we try to do that every single day uh, in the VGA. And I try to instill my command philosophy and all the, the leaders that are working diligently to, to make the VGA a better organization for, you know, all of our members. And so um, 
it's just an incredible team to be a part of. And, and I'm humbled that I helped start this and, and continue to lead it from the front. But, um, you know, you can't accomplish anything without a great group of people around you. So, you know, Ranger Regiment and making it through Army Ranger School is no different. You can't do it on your own. You got to have some great people uh, and influencers around you to, to be successful. As you look back on growing the VGA and thinking back to some of those early years, what was the process like for you guys? I mean, obviously starting funny enough as a couple of buddies just playing golf and, and loving golf and then growing to membership over 9,000, I believe you said. What has that been like watching it take off? It's essentially been a, a water hose in, in the mouth. You know, um, it's when we first started it, the first year I did everything, you know, I created all of the tournaments and um, I went to every single tournament and, you know, I, I administered every single tournament. We started off, I think eight tournaments the first year we called them sub regionals, but it's like eight places geographically separated around the country, man, I was exhausted after that first year. And so you quickly realize, Hey, you know, if this is going to be successful, you can't do this on your own. You know, and I I think a lot of people that are listening to this, that are military kind of, you know, realize that when you're in the military, you kind of frown on anything that's military. And then you get out of the military and and when you have a problem, you really lean back on your military training and you go, man, this stuff works. Why was I fighting it so much while I was in the military? That's exactly what ended up happening. We, we ended up breaking the country down into four regions, a North, South, Central, and West region. Uh, I put regional directors, kind of like battalion commanders in charge of those regions. And then underneath them, they have about 10 to 15 uh, state directors that report directly to them. It's pseudo military chain of command style where we can accomplish the most possible uh, with the least amount of effort. Now that you guys are kind of all over the country, you know, you get to travel around and, and oversee things and get to play as well. What has been your favorite course that you've played in, in the States? You know, maybe that's through the VGA or, or just otherwise. What I want to do is dispel the notion that, that I get to play a lot of golf. <laughs> You know, when you first start out something, you go, man, it would be great to play a lot of golf with your buddies. And then when you're successful uh, in the golf industry, you realize that most of the time you're, you're way too busy to play golf. And so, you know, I play on average maybe once or twice a month. And I live in Pinehurst, North Carolina, where we can play pretty much 12 months out of the year. So I wish I had a little more free time that I could uh, work on my game because my game has has definitely slipped. I do think it's a lot of fun uh, to go and especially meet state directors that I haven't met for the first time and just, you know, shake their hand and say thank you and um, let them know that they're a big part of the VGA success. So, but within those travels, uh, I've, I've got to play some some really incredible golf courses I've got to play Marion. I've got to play Pine Valley Congressional. I've gotten to play Pinehurst number two and Whistling Straits and uh, Olympic Club and TPC Harding Park and gosh, man, Merido, Plainfield in New Jersey. Um, I've gotten to play some really incredible courses, uh, TPC Sawgrass. All of them have their own kind of nostalgia that goes along with them. 
But I, I would say the one that I was taken back by the most was probably Caves Valley in Baltimore. A lot of people don't know about it. There's a lot of congressional members that have moved out there and they're kind of members of both. But Caves Valley in Baltimore, um, I guess the best way to describe it to me is, is that I've never played Augusta National. But if I did get to play Augusta National, Caves Valley is kind of what I would think it would would be like. So but, you know, that doesn't take away from any of the courses that that um, that have hosted us there. They've all been incredible hosts and incredible venues. Well, you must be quite the masochist living right by Pinehurst and not getting to tee it up there too often. Right. <laughs> but I understand you guys are culminating this year at Baltusrol. It is. Yeah, it's, it's Plainfield and Baltusrol. It's a split championship, both top 100 courses in the country. Um, just incredible um, history at both of them. I believe they did a junior Walker cup at uh, Plainfield recently. And then obviously Baltus Rawls hosted many U S opens uh, there. So to me, that's not the biggest thing about this championship. This year is the 20th anniversary of nine 11. It's hard to think that 20 years ago, that planes took down two buildings in New York city and attacked the Pentagon and, attacked our airlines and all of the fallout, you know, the number of soldiers and families that have been affected since then with all the fighting in the Middle East. And, you know, so for this year, what I think is super important is for those VGA members that are fortunate enough to make it to our national championship, if they haven't been to New York City and seen the changes that have made since uh, the World Trade Center towers have fallen uh, and the new one, uh, that that has gone up in, in place of them, of both of those, then I hope that they'll get a chance to do that. From both of these golf courses, um, there's several vantage points that you can see the New York City skyline. And hopefully when the VGA members see that and being as close as it is um, to uh, 9-11 and the 20th anniversary, that they'll take something special from it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being from Jersey, I was lucky enough to get on Baltus Roll a few years ago and you know, obviously an awesome course, manicured, a lot of history, but I hadn't really considered that angle. Um, do remember there being, you know, several spots where you could see the skyline being less than an hour outside of New York City. There's a lot of places kind of around where I grew up where you could always see the skyline. And, you know, I think we take it for granted being from where I'm from, but I was three years old when 9-11 happened. And so hardly any memory of that. But yet every time it rolls around every year, you know, I have, uh, you know, friends who've lost parents. And so it seems to be an emotional day every year, 20 years later, probably in 50 and 100 years. Um, you know, it's the one day that I really noticed that people really seem to to come together, especially around, you know, the tri-state area and put aside the politics and, and everything else and just soak in, you know, what that day meant for the country. And definitely special uh, that you guys are culminating there this year. What are you most proud of so far with the VGA? Man, there's a lot of things to be proud of. You know, I'm really proud of all of our leaders that uh, have stepped up selflessly to lead their states and all the VGA members in those states. Um, like I said, man, it's a, it's a lot of work. And we've just recently gone through a really large website overhaul and integrating Golf Genius uh, as our live tournament platform. And there's always an interesting challenge. And, and, and I'm really proud that my team always steps up to meet those challenges head on for the betterment of the organization. We have 
all of our state directors, our regional directors, our staff. Joan Tishman uh, is director of operations for the VGA, and she's the heartbeat of our organization. And so I'm really proud of my team that really continues to work hard for VGA members everywhere and, you know, to put an incredible product out for them so that they feel special as veterans. And in the VGA, we, we hope that they, uh, they feel that way. But the thing I'm most proud of is that in six years, over 80,000 rounds of golf, over 9,000 VGA members, countless tournaments, over 1,500 golf tournaments. Um, we haven't lost one single VGA member to suicide. And that's a big deal. So I hope that that statistic can continue with our growth rates. I know that that's probably not sustainable, but I truly believe that golf is helping change our members' lives. And, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. Wow. Yeah. I don't think there's, there's anything to say to that besides wow. What are you most looking forward to this year and beyond? You know, I'm sure exiting, hopefully, coronavirus is high on the list, but uh, would love to hear what, what's coming up for you guys and, and what you're most uh, excited about. Well, I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty big year. We've got our inaugural um, Armed Forces Cup, which is a Ryder Cup style event between the five branches of service, uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard. We're doing that at Pinehurst number two. Uh, it's the first time that we ever, we've ever done it. And so we basically took the top 10 point earners in each of those branches and um, said, hey, come duke it out in Pinehurst. So that's going to be pretty fun. And uh, there's going to be a, a lot of pride and a, a lot of competition going on at that event. Probably a lot of smack talking too, which will be fun to see. We have our uh, Clover Cup, um, which is a biannual trip. We take every two years. Uh, we couldn't go last year because of COVID, so it's been about three years now since our last trip to, to Ireland. But we're taking uh, about 24 to 28 players over to uh, Scotland, have a fun team event. There was no um, qualifications to get into that event. Basically, if you wanted to go to Scotland and, and you could afford it, then you just had to sign up. And that's another benefit of being a VGA member. I, I believe that this trip is 25 hundred dollars for a week in Ireland, which we got them about $6,000 of discounts on that. And then also we just partnered with Galvin Green. So every single player gets a uh, free $700 uh, rain suit to go along with it. We try to do our best to provide values to members whenever we can. Um, I'm really looking forward to our national championship this year. Very thankful to Baltusrol and their board of directors and same with Plainfield uh, with their board of directors. They've really been an, a pleasure to work with. And I think the VJ members that get to experience that this year, they're going to be in for a treat for sure. And, you know, I, I, I keep looking forward to our growth. I keep, you know, looking forward to um, seeing how, you know, the younger VGA leaders uh, in the organization are stepping up and uh, seeing their excitement to growing their states um, and growing their membership and, you know, getting better venues for their state championships. You know, they've really bought into the program and it's a lot of fun to watch them be successful, you know, so you know, I look forward to continue mentoring them and helping them down that path and trying to uh, get VGA members on the best golf courses that this country has to offer. Lastly, how can people get involved? 
there's a number of ways that you can get involved. I, you know, to be a VGA member is pretty simple. You just go to vgagolf.org. About 99% of all golfers are eligible to be a VGA member. Most people would think it's just for the military personnel, but it's not, you know, because what I think is really unique about the VGA is that our family division, it allows people to pay homage to their grandparents or to their parents that served, you know, and, and it gets them out of the house and gets them to meet some people that they probably wouldn't meet otherwise. So yeah, if you want to get involved, I'd say first, you know, be a member. And if you want to be a sponsor, then check out our sponsors list or shoot us a note. Or if you want to be a donor and, you know, you're looking for um, a, an incredible organization to get behind, reach out to us. And um, we'd love to have you join the VGA family. Where can people find you online? You mentioned the website. Are you guys on, I don't know, Instagram, Twitter, what have you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for the social media side of the house, uh, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, or Twitter at VGA Golf. You know, we, it's a pretty active community of veterans and golfers and people in the industry. And so a lot of fun topics, you know, rules of golf, things that are, that are discussed. And so it's a, it's a pretty cool little golf community as well. So, you know, check us out on those social media platforms at VGA Golf. Great. Well, thanks again for your time, Josh. I, I really appreciate it. And um, looking forward to seeing uh, what's in store for the VGA in, in the coming months and years. So, um, you know, good luck with everything. Well, thanks for having us, Andrew. Um, you know, thanks for having an interest in, in what we're doing.